Hi, this is the Seattle Mama Doc Podcast. I'm Dr. Wendy Sue Swanson. We all work so hard to perfect how we pull off parenthood, even before it begins, and often we may not feel good enough. I am here today with Dr. David Reuter to help you face these challenges head on. David, welcome. Thank you so much. <laughs> I'm so happy to have him here. He's one of these like, okay, he sees patients full-time as a general pediatrician at a practice called Allegro Pediatrics here in the Seattle area. And he's the kind of guy you'd like walk into a room with your kid and you'd think like, oh, this guy's like a normal pediatrician. He's nice. He looks you in the eye. He's friendly. He speaks slowly, unlike me. But the thing is, he's got like these like super capes. Like, let me explain this. So he is currently in collaboration with a group called PATH and Seattle Children's Hospital and the Gates Foundation in solving these global challenges about what's called preeclampsia, which he's going to explain all sorts of things about to you today. But he came about all of this in really different ways rather than just uh, the regular PATH. So he um, studied liberal arts like me, but he did it in Scotland at St. Andrews. And then he became an engineer and studied that at Purdue University in Indiana. Then he got a PhD in bioengineering. Um, and, and then he decided to study medicine. Then he did a startup company. He's done all this stuff. So he's like a normal dude when he walks in to take care of your kid. And he's a dad to two, and he's heartbroken because his kids are leaving and going off to college. So I'm just so excited that you are going to help us um, get information to women and girls and grandmas and grandfathers and parents everywhere. The goal here today is for you guys to understand that when you hear what he has to say, you have to send this to any pregnant woman that you know. Thank you, David, for being here. I appreciate the opportunity. So, and he, I have to tell you, too, he's... he's um, He's, par he's, um, he's unending in his want to do this. He attacked me at a, a children's party, cornered me to make sure that we did this. So he really deeply cares about this, and I, I love that so much. So, okay, we're going to talk about elevated blood pressure in pregnancy. Perfect. So what is that, and, and why does it matter? Well, I think it matters because it's a big problem. I mean, there are 3 million children a year born prematurely because of pregnancy-induced high blood pressure. There are 300,000 women and children a year that die because of pregnancy-induced high blood pressure. And it's interesting to me as, a, as an engineer that people previously haven't figured out what causes this problem. <laughs> so when I finished my medical school and went into training, Pittsburgh Children's Hospital, I recognized that patients come in two buckets, those for whom we know what to do and those for whom we don't. And you never forget those families and children that you lose because of a disease that we don't have a good, a good answer for. So I have worn this you know, dual hat. This, I've been living this dual career for 20 years. Let me care for patients in my clinic. There's nothing more rewarding than that. So beautiful. Yeah. Um, but in parallel, if we can take some creativity and innovation and try to solve the unsolved problems, there's value in that. And pregnancy-induced high blood pressure is a huge problem. And prior work that I'd done in heart failure gave me some insights into what we think is the fundamental cause. And the more that we just explored it, it's like, it's like a puzzle. And when you delve into the scientific literature and see if you can find all the different puzzle pieces, people have done so much science that all I had to do was put those puzzle pieces together. And not only that, people already came up with some preliminary ways that we can predict and prevent this problem. And I'm like, man, this then is a communication campaign. Let's get the word out. Yeah, so here we are. So high blood pressure causes prematurity. Why? <laughs> 
high blood pressure causes prematurity because the longer that a mom is hypertensive, the longer that she has high blood pressure, the more she's at risk. And therefore, people have to take the baby early through C-section, et cetera, just to be able to protect the life of the mom. Mm -hmm. um, and the sicker the mom is, the sicker the baby is. That's right. Yeah. So I just wanted that to be really clear, too, that the reason that when you go into your OB and you're in the, they're always checking your blood pressure and they care when your feet get all swollen because they're wondering, you're peeing in that cup to kind of look at all these different indicators. The reason is, is exactly what Dr. Reuter is explaining, that if that blood pressure goes up and we can't get it down with medicine or exercise or what he wants to talk to you about positioning, mm -hmm. then we make those babies come out to make sure mom's okay and baby gets the blood flow that they need too. That's exactly right. So, so that's why it's such a big problem. And yet, you know, one of the things that um, Dr. Reuter is going to talk about today is that there are these low-tech Mm. interventions that every mom should know. So let's at the start, yeah. what is that? And then I want to. we're going to go dive into why. But what should, if, if they're only going to get five minutes into this podcast, mm. what does every pregnant mom need to know about what they can do when they're pregnant to decrease the likelihood of having yeah. high blood pressure that causes their baby yeah. to be born early? Yeah. Just, if you just take 30 seconds to do the cause, it yeah, appears well, that one of, there, one of the fundamental contributors to what's causing high blood pressure is compromised blood flow through the kidney. Mm -hmm. So this is as simple as, as the baby gets bigger and bigger, 20 weeks gestation, just something as simple as resting on your back, um, blood can get into the kidney, it can't get out. And that simple fact is what's contributing to high blood pressure. So if that's the fundamental cause, then the solution is as simple as let's change our resting position. Mm -hmm. I call it a therapeutic position. And again, as we study this problem, what we recognize is that people have already done the science to show that if you do something as simple as rest on your side, either the left or the right, for at least four, maybe six hours a day, we can prevent the vast majority of these babies from being born early. Ladies, do you hear this? <laughs> this is a big newsflash. I mean, it's like our OBs tell us that, I think, right? But I don't think they explain exactly why. I think we think about swollen feet, and we sometimes, well, I even used to think about it more like I always, you know, was thinking about my inferior vena cava, which is this big, huge vein that drains your leg and the blood flow from there. I'm not wanting to rest there, so I got all swollen. But that all we uh, target for, like, yeah. if you know a pregnant mom or someone who's going to be pregnant, you just want to send this and say, you can decrease the likelihood of ever having high blood pressure by congesting those kidney beans in your back by not lying on your back for at least four to five hours, or four mm -hmm. to six was your number, right, mm -hmm. every day during your pregnancy exactly after right. 20 weeks. That's exactly right? right. So if you look at something as simple as blood flow, compromised blood flow, compromised venous blood flow. Most people are aware of varicose veins, right? Mm -hmm. People can visually understand that. We want to prevent that. And so something like laying on your side is going to prevent that. There's another condition called pelvic congestion syndrome, which is really just varicose veins of the abdomen and the pelvis. Mm -hmm. One wants to prevent that. Mm -hmm. And again, these new insights are that there's more than one organ being compromised by just the mass of this baby in our, in our tummy. Mm -hmm. And so the kidneys is the other thing that we're trying to protect. And so resting on our side, it appears that not only can it, can it reduce the likelihood of varicose veins and pelvic congestion syndrome, but uh, it, can, it can decrease this preeclampsia, the risk of preeclampsia. And that is, as you said, a huge thing.
Is there a certain time of day that a mom in an ideal world would be lying on her side as opposed to her back? So let's say a mom worries. I can imagine a mom saying, but wait, when I fall asleep, I don't even know how I move and I might naturally move to my back. So how, besides like when she's lying on the couch in the afternoon resting or what have you, is there a certain time of day that's more productive from a standpoint of prevention? Or a certain way I don't know to do if that's it. been established yet, and I think as we just kind of go through our, our daily lives, doing what we do, if we're if we're up or we're sitting or we're walking, I don't think that the blood flow is as is at as great of risk at that time. Mm-hmm. My sense is that it is that we are at the greatest risk when we're just sleeping at night, and so if we if we focus on our resting position at night, that's important. Um, it's interesting in my clinical practice at Allegro when I see moms, you know, they're interviewing for a pediatrician and they yeah. chat a little bit, and I say, yeah. well, how are you resting? And Almost always they'll say, oh, well, I, you know, I fall asleep on my side. And then dad weighs in, well, yeah, but I find you on your back when you wake up. Uh-huh. So I love making this a partnership. Whoever you're sleeping with. mom is sleeping, just kind of push <laughs> her a little her, bit. And, push her. Know, this yeah. is a, f- a free get out of jail card that you get to just like shove her that direction. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And then, <laughs> you know, the other thing that's interesting is, you know, you, you talk to people and they say, gosh, I try to rest on my side, but my left side is sore and my right side is sore. It's just tough. Mm-hmm. And so one of my poster people for, for this therapy positioning. There's a woman at Seattle Children's who, uh, when she was pregnant for her third child, she knew she should rest on her side. And she said, but David, she said, there was just one time somebody got me this pregnancy massage and and I was tummy down. And she said, it was just the best hour Uh. of my entire pregnancy. (laughs) And I thought to myself, man, there's, from my vantage point, scientifically, there's just nothing better that you could do than kind of tummy down. Uh Uh-huh. I mean, all of a sudden, I'm like, well, we should devise mattresses that have those, you know, giant holes in so, them that so you that could, exists. like, put your belly in. People, yeah. people yeah. have they're, yeah, they're, yeah. they're designed more for a massage. But yeah, when right. we did the study with PATH and the Gates yeah. Foundation, we specifically bought some of these pregnancy cushions yeah. where there's room for the tummy, there's room to make you comfortable. And I think, man, because there's two kinds of preeclampsia, right? There's a late onset. Those baby might be born a little bit early, but they're probably going to be fine. Mm-hmm. It's the early onset preeclampsia, mm-hmm. right? It's those babies that are born at... 34 weeks, 30 weeks, sometimes even 26 weeks. Mm-hmm. Those are the babies that are the most vulnerable. Mm-hmm. Those are the va- babies that they're going to have to leave, live a lifetime of some additional morbidity mm-hmm. because they had a stroke in the first week of life, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. I think it's, it's one of the reasons that I love this dual career of I'm in the trenches, I practice in the, in, in the trenches, and when you see these, when you see the courage of kids tackling whatever life throws them, they're just inspiring. When you see the love of mothers mm-hmm. saying, I just love you dearly, and I'm going to go to any lengths to make your life as as mm-hmm. beautiful as can be, mm-hmm. that's gorgeous. But mm-hmm. if we could prevent that you know, with this very simple message of resting position matters, and my prediction is that kind of the more vulnerable a mom is, the more aggressive we need to be, the longer one has to stay in a therapeutic position. This Gates Challenge grant that we were just awarded, mm-hmm. and I'm with, working with my alma mater, Purdue, our goal is to fine-tune and to refine and to improve this therapeutic strategy so that depending on how at risk you are, you can, you can be longer or shorter in this, in this resting position. We can be tummy down once a day. I mean, wouldn't that be a gorgeous uh, prescription to get? Yeah. You know? Go lie on your belly float, all day. Float in the pool for an yeah. hour. Yeah. Well, I love that you had highlighted in some of the tips that we'll get to that in Germany, you know, they recommend swimming to pregnant moms because then you're tummy down because your baby's not pushing on those kidney beans behind it and letting gravity kind of congest the, the blood flow in that kidney and causing the pressure change. The simplicity is powerful. Let's talk a little bit about what are risk factors to mm. women for mm. preeclampsia. Mm. So who is the higher risk mom yeah. who needs to be even more 
specific thinking, I got to get six hours a day where I'm not, you know, lying on, on my back. Yeah. Again, it all gets to the point of we think that the main problem is that this is a mass effect on the renal veins so blood can't get out of the kidneys. Mm -hmm. So anything that increases that increases your risk. Mm -hmm. So, for example, twins. If you have twins, it's twice the mass. You're more likely to get pregnant. Um, there's a correlation between... You're more likely to get preeclampsia, you mean? Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because you're already pregnant. <laughs> yeah. No, no, no. But like, yeah, so twins, and that's just a mass, right? You're just saying that's, that's it's, a gravity thing. You just, just got a, extra baby pushing on your back. You've got one extra baby that's contributing. Yeah. yeah. There's a correlation between um, obesity and preeclampsia. Mm -hmm. um, and I think the reason, same thing as the mechanism of obesity... Obesity-related mm -hmm. hypertension uh -huh. appears to be the same. I mean, this is much bigger than just pregnant women. But yeah. anyway, if you have uh, increased body mass index and right. you're pregnant, those women are, are more vulnerable. Mm -hmm. um, first pregnancy is going to be more vulnerable for a variety of reasons. What, another thing that's fascinating is— What is that? I don't get that. What is that? Why is a first pregnancy more vulnerable for increased blood flow? It's a little bit more complicated, but it has to do with the anatomy coming out of the left renal vein. Huh. Go, go back to— um, Family history is a risk factor. Yeah. So you know, one, I was waiting, one for. I was waiting for that one. That was the one I knew I could get right on the boards. <laughs> why do yeah. Why do ninety percent of women not have this problem? Right. And the answer is that when blood comes out of the left of the left kidney, yep. ninety percent of women have an alternative vein where the blood can simply go up and around. Ten percent of women don't have that, huh. and so the women that are vulnerable, they're vulnerable because their anatomy. Now, it's not quite binary. There are some women where they have this alternative venous pathway. It's just really tiny. Mm -hmm. It's not big it enough to protect the, them the from the first pregnancy. But mm. throughout the first pregnancy, when blood is being shunted through that little vein, it, it gets bigger, bigger, bigger. <laughs> yeah. And so it's well known. If you have late onset preeclampsia, you're probably not going to have it the second pregnancy. If you have early onset preeclampsia, your anatomy is more vulnerable, uh -huh. then we need to be extra vigilant with you to take care of you. So, again, one of the things that we're trying to do with this Gates Challenge grant is to risk stratify women so that we can match up this therapeutic positioning with how vulnerable they are. Yeah, I love that. So what we as listeners to you and all this work that you've done kind of looking globally and looking at the pathophysiology of blood flow congestion in the kidney that causes this increase in pressure is – our call to action, right, is to say, okay, pregnancy is a vulnerable time for prematurity at anything. We know things like, you know, smoking during pregnancy increases the risk. Um, we even know poverty increases the risk of prematurity, right? And we, and now we're saying, okay, just how you spend your day yeah. is, you know, if we can get the word out. So we want all moms to know that they can talk with their OBs or their pediatricians that when they're pregnant, they want as much kind of tummy downtime as they can, particularly after 20 weeks, just because of the weight of the baby. We have the baby. It's interesting. I my um, the woman who helps care for my children when I'm at work is uh, about 20 weeks pregnant, and she was mm -hmm. saying she would just gotten her anatomy scan. So that's the marker of 20 weeks for most moms, right? Is they go and get their big ultrasound right around 20 weeks. So yeah. after that, if they get that big big look at their baby, but she said he, you know, they think he's about 10 ounces. <laughs> so when that baby <laughs> and the placenta and the fluid around it, right, yeah. you know, is only not even probably around a pound, right? Yeah. Is that's when that anatomy already starts to really start shift. affecting flow. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, what else can we do besides nighttime sleep and positioning with pillows and getting to the side? And is the right side better or the left side better? I mean, it's interesting because of the IVC. I always, I would have had a bias on that, but am I wrong? Does it matter? 
I don't think it matters. I think most people, I think most OBs say rest on your left hand side right. so that you don't obstruct flow up right. that big um, inferior vena yeah. cava. Yeah. yeah. But the reality is, if that's going to be a problem, you're going to be lightheaded within seconds or minutes. And so oh. I think resting on your back, of course, we don't want to do that. Right. But I've talked to enough pregnant women that <laughs> half rest on the right side, half rest on the left side. Neither of them are short of breath, suggesting that blood isn't getting back up to the heart. I see. And so I think that both, either side is going to be fine. Uh -huh. The science, when you look at the science, the clinical trial that I refer to, they had people rest on the left-hand side. Uh -huh. so, so the data and the evidence is there, but just kind of logic tells us either side is going to be fine. Is there... Um so when we talk about varicosities, which I think mm. women care about because they don't want to be left with tortuous veins in their legs and things, um, is that side sleeping, does that decrease the likelihood of varicose veins? Like, can we come at this from a vanity standpoint, too? That <laughs> No, I mean it. Like, it's a strategy of, like, you should tell everybody that, like, if they lie on their left side, they're less likely to have varicosities. Is that true or no? Every, every Well, yeah. I mean, varicose yeah. veins, my understanding of them is yeah. that it is related to obstructed blood flow up, sure. from, the, up from the legs. And yeah. so anything that we do to decrease the obstruction to flow is going to help. Yeah. You know, it's, it's that or, you know, as you say, um, things that we do during the day. You're, you're watching TV at night, you're reading a book, well, having your legs up mm -hmm. instead of down, mm -hmm. there's going to be less pressure in the legs, and so you're not going to get as much swelling in the, uh, in the veins. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And then uh, one last question before we conclude. If a mom already has elevated blood pressure, so yes. let's say she's been at her mm -hmm. OB or her midwife, and she, she's 26 weeks pregnant, and she's found yeah. out that she's on high blood pressure. Yeah. Often, you know, moms will, if it's really high, moms will sometimes even go on medication, but will go to bed rest, right? And, yeah. and yeah. Um, yeah. Is there a reversal that's possible? Or has once the kidney been congested in that pregnancy, mm. is it non-reversal from this position change? Or mm. So is this just a prevention strategy, or is this a therapeutic strategy, too? You know, I think um, the question is, can you, can you reverse it or can you yeah. stabilize it? Half the women that develop pregnancy-induced high blood pressure, they know they, they don't go on to get the more severe form of preeclampsia. It's just pregnancy-induced high blood pressure without everything else. Yep. That's, that's good. Um, and I think, I think the way you can do that is if you're at risk, if you've already been diagnosed with this high blood pressure, resting in this therapeutic position on your side, it's likely that that's going to be able to prevent you from going for this more simple, straightforward thing, just high blood pressure, to preeclampsia, which is much, much more risky. Do you think that OBs know—I mean, do OBs talk about this in the way that you understand they should— because it seems like this I mean, is a campaign for moms, but it's also for OBs and midwives, right? You know, it's, it's fascinating. And again, I love the opportunity of communicating and educating, getting people to think differently about a, a problem. To date, so much of the focus has been on the placenta. Uh -huh. That's been the thinking for years and generations. And yet, as I have had a dialogue with some OB groups here locally, um, Overlake Hospital, Evergreen Hospital, et cetera, I had the entire OB team. Yep. And I just kind of went through the detailed science with them. Yep. They said things like, David, this is just so straightforward. Uh -huh. This is obvious. <laughs> Why too. have yeah. we never thought about this? Right. And, and that's fascinating, right? Nobody thinks about this thing called the page kidney. It's really rare, but that's the fundamental thing. Increased pressure in the kidney is what's causing it. So in some ways, you have to look at an OB problem through the lens of a cardiologist. Look at an OB problem through the lens of a nephrologist. And so that's where whatever circuitous background I've taken from engineering to cardiology to all these different things, yeah. I am simply able to pull from a couple of different vantage points and say, wow, the kidney is important. And the dialogue has already started in the OB community. Yes, the placenta is involved, but we need to be thinking about the kidney as well. And, and so we're going to have that scientific 
campaign. That's going on in parallel. Mm-hmm. But again, this this grassroots, let's share with the women that we love. Mm-hmm. Let's let's tell our daughters. Let's tell our sisters. Let's tell anybody who is or is on the verge of being or whatever pregnant. Mm-hmm. We can advocate for you mm-hmm. while in parallel we continue the science that lets us fine-tune this um, therapy and and be able to answer the questions that you're answering with with even more rigor and and, uh, and data. Yeah, but right now I think the goal here is this prevention that at 20 weeks moving forward that one of the things that you can really do yeah. is help moms understand that kind of devotion to the baby has of course mm. already begun, mm. and that there's this low cost strategy of just yeah. getting off your back that that yeah. will significantly reduce the likelihood of developing elevated pressure, which would cause us to need to get the baby out early. That's exactly right. Yeah. Um, uh, let me ask you one last thing before we go, because I do you think that there's, you know, I, I've just come out of some exciting meeting with some local tech companies from this morning, so it's like hot in my mind, but is there a tech solution that would enable or nudge moms? Like, you know, I can kind of imagine this of, we're all starting to track our sleep now, right? Everybody's tracking how well they sleep and if they dive in deep sleep and when they're doing it. And do you imagine that one of the strategies could be enabled that if you get to this point where you're tracking your sleep and could we determine that a mom is on her back for, you know, how many hours a day? Is there a way to do that? There's there's absolutely a way to do that. Yeah. And again, I love this as a pediatrician, as, as pediatricians, we try to prevent things, yeah. right? That's that's our primary goal. Yeah. And are there some technologies out there that we can conceive of? Absolutely. And if you ask the question, how can we better predict which mm-hmm. mom is going to go on to develop preeclampsia? Yeah. That is crazy simple, too. And what is that? Who is that? Yeah. Who's going to develop preeclampsia? Why is it simple? I mean, what is... But the, the predictive test is simple. Yeah. And, it, and it's simple because well, the test has already been developed. It's okay. called the rollover test. And if you take a woman's blood pressure on her side, it's normal. When she rolls onto her back, if there's an acute elevation of blood pressure sure. with rolling on your back, it's just this mechanical obstruction, 90% of those women go on to develop preeclampsia. Makes tons of sense. That baby seems to push on that vein in that way. It congests it. The pressure bumps and exactly boom. Right. So not to get too sciencey, but yeah. this grant that we have from the Gates Foundation, yeah. I'm working with the engineers at Purdue. Yeah. And what we're doing is to develop some sort of a tool, a biometric, yeah. a wearable biometric, where yeah. a woman, we take her blood pressure on her side. There's an accelerometer. When her blood pressure is stable, you tell her, you ask her to roll onto her back. You measure if there's an increase in the blood pressure. And if there is, then we can wirelessly, we have telemetry with a smartphone, and we just send it off to the OB. It works locally. It works globally. And in addition, one of our thoughts is if we have this wearable biometric, then if a woman is at risk and she's she's sleeping, we're going to monitor her rest position. So that if she yeah. inadvertently rolls onto her right. back, right. you've got this simple, really, really simple tech solution that says, "Okay, you've been on your back for two hours. It's time. We're gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna be- nudge her awake some to alarm move. and say, yeah. okay, time to go back to I your love side.' It. That's exactly what I was wondering about. I yeah. love it. Yeah, I love it. Well, yay! We live yay. in the best time to practice medicine. <laughs> we really do. You it's can have, good. and I love that you went back to old science. This isn't new science. It's mm. a new way to understand mm. old science, right, yeah. and discover it. So. All you people out there, you tell anyone you know, and I'm going home today when my um, very sweet nanny who is taking care of my children while I'm at work right now, I will go home and look at that belly and I'm going to explain this to her and I will come back to you with more questions as I learn from her. But we also are going to live in this time where I bet you're going to help us help moms even nudge them back to the positions that they want. So you could go to sleep and rest easy knowing that when you roll over in your sleep on your back, at a certain point when it becomes riskier, something will let you know that. And it might not just be your partner like shoving you. (laughs) 
it might be something <laughs> even a little bit more delicate. Something more gentle. <laughs> yeah, something more gentle. <laughs> uh, okay, tell everyone you know about this information. We'll put content up on Seattle Mama Doc blog. And then I'm going to have Dr. Reuter back again, too, and we'll talk much more. But um, thank you so much for explaining preeclampsia and pregnancy. It's been great. Thank you so much. Yeah. The reality is, even before it formally begins, uh, parenting is a high-stakes job. But the good news is, together, we've got this. Thanks for listening. The Seattle Mama Doc Podcast episodes air every single week. I'm always interested in hearing what you have to say, what was helpful, and what you want to learn more about. Reach out to me on Twitter at Seattle Mama Doc, on my Facebook, Seattle Mama Doc, or at SeattleMamaDoc.com. Tell me what you want to learn. Tell me if you want to join me and point me to experts you'd love to learn more from. 